Hey everybody, welcome to the Bottom Dollar Outdoors podcast, where every blue collar man and woman can have a little fun and get encouraged to get outside. While sitting out here in the barn, we like to tell fishing lies, tall tales about big bucks, and chat about crazy things going on in the outdoor world. Somewhere among all that nonsense, you may learn a thing or two about the great outdoors, so sit back, crack open a cold drink, and enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode six of the Bottom Dollar Outdoors podcast. We'll have a kind of a shorter show for you today. Talk about carrying some sidearms in the field. I know we kind of touched on this last week or the week before. We talked about it just a little bit. We're going to dive in a little bit deeper with it. There will not be a product review on today's show. So we're going to skip over that. We're going to go right to our outhouse segment where we're going to talk about Pretty interesting thing that's going on right now in the world has to do with the coronavirus, but it's not exactly about the coronavirus. And we're going to go over some current news of things going on and some cancellation of events. And I go on with the few that I know that are still going on. So guys, hold tight. We'll be back in just a few seconds. We'll start talking about what sidearms to carry in the field. Today we're going to be talking about carrying a sidearm with you in the field. Whether you're hunting or fishing, camping, hiking, a good firearm is a good thing to have with you at all times. And a dependable sidearm is the next best thing to have. Whenever you're out there in the wilderness, you never know what you're going to come across. Whether it be a, you know, you run into a copperhead or a rattlesnake. Um come across wild hog somebody who's looking to do you harm or you come over come around the corner standing face to face with a grizzly we're not going to get into the topic of bear spray versus handgun but that's another topic for another show but carrying a sidearm in the field with you is definitely a big safety measure you can take so why would you want to carry one of these whether you choose to carry any specific size or brand, it gives you a feeling of security for one. You're laying there at night, say you're camping with your family, you've hiked in, you're carrying, and all of a sudden you start hearing people messing around your campsite. You know, you got your wife, you got your kids there. It's a good thing to have with you just as a safety measure for what you're going to run into, whether, like I said, whether it be people or wildlife. It can also be used to signal if you say if you get lost or you get hurt. If you know that there's people in the area searching for them, that you can hear they you can hear them messing around, but they don't know they can't quite hear you or don't know where you're at. Use it as a signaling device, so to kind of get their attention and draw them towards you. So it's a pretty nice piece of equipment to have with you, no matter what. If you're if you do get lost and you run out of ammo for your primary weapon, sidearm's a good backup to have. you got to pick the right one that fits what you're doing and fits you as a person. Uh, in bear country, you need a gun that can possibly handle bear. You don't want to take a 22 to a bear fight. 
You want to pick something a little bit bigger than that. You want to pick something in the 45 caliber range and up for something along those lines. Here in the southeast, anything from a, a 22, depending on where you're at, 22 Magnum, up to 357 Magnum, 40 caliber. In the south, just about anything that you like to shoot will suffice here. Not a lot of bear encounters that you're going to have to really worry about, except for every now and then a black bear, which they did decide to attack, you would need a bigger caliber. Kind of got to also look at your laws and regulations. I know here in South Carolina, we are allowed anytime that we are action of hunting or fishing or traveling to and from a hunting or fishing area, we are allowed to carry concealed or non-concealed with or without a license or concealed weapons permit a, f- a sidearm, whether you everything from a small pistol all up to a larger pistol. I mean, there's this part of your right as a hunter here to protect yourself. Different states have different laws. You need to look at your laws and regulations before you decide to carry in the field. Those laws also apply to what you can do with that sidearm. I know here in South Carolina, you can hunt with a, a pistol if you, if it meets the guidelines of whether it needs to be center fire, rim fire, if it's a legal style round to hunt with. In a close quarter situation, you may choose to use your sidearm to take game. Some states, you can't do that. Here in South Carolina, we're lucky enough you're able to. And going back to personal protection, if any of you guys fish lakes, you have boat ramps that are really sketchy. It's been several times I've had run-ins with weird people who I felt had bad intentions who probably noticed my sidearm and that kind of made them shy away. These boat ramps and stuff can get really sketchy late at night if you're out fishing and coming in 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. A lot of them don't have lights. A lot of them don't have patrol officers or gatekeepers or anything like that. So you're on your own. And another thing a lot of people, especially if you're fishing on the bank, run into is running into snakes. Having a small sidearm, running into a copperhead or rattlesnake, can be your best interest to have something with you to take that snake out of your way. And I've got a few pistols here that I've done some research and found what are some really good guns. Uh, probably, I know you've heard of at least two of these guns, one of them from me. But the overall one I came to that seems to be the best sidearm to carry is a backup weapon in the field, and that be from everywhere from here in the south all the way to out west whenever you're in grizzly country, and that's the Glock 20. It's a 10 millimeter semi-automatic, which offers some pretty impressive ballistics in itself. It shoots supersonic rounds at up to 700 feet per second. And it holds a 16 round, 15 plus 1 capacity in this gun. It has, and it has greater knockdown capacity than a 45 automatic. Um, downsides of the gun is it's heavy. It's big. And if you are recoil shy, this isn't a gun for you. It was one of the reasons that it failed as far as the FBI's carry weapon, or everyday carry weapon was the recoil on it and the weight of the gun. It just didn't seem to fit a lot of the agents in that. The next gun on the list is probably one of the most popular sidearms ever, period. And that's the Colt 1911. It's a 45 automatic. It has plenty of knockdown power, not as much as a 10 millimeter. It shoots 
up to 600 feet per second, depending on ammunition. And most of your ammunition for that is going to be subsonic, according to the articles that I've been reading. Um, the pros of this gun is it's widely available. It's very popular, extremely reliable. The gun's been around since uh, 1911. It was in the military service up as the primary issued sidearm all the way up to 1986. This gun's been around forever. It's probably one of the most... When you see this gun, you know what it is. I know a lot of guys prefer the simplicity and the reliability of a revolver. So I went and I found a good revolver to put into this list. And that's going to be the Ruger, Ruger Red Hawk. And the reason I picked this gun is I, I really like the 357 Magnum round. But this particular revolver holds eight shots over having only six shots. The field test on it shows this gun as being very, very accurate, even with just a, a small barrel. It's not quite a, sub, a snub nose. I mean, it's not a long barrel. It's definitely a packable gun. Wear it on your hip. It's not hanging all the way down to your knee, but it's not so compact that it doesn't fit well in your hand. And the honorable mention, going back to episode four of this podcast, is my favorite gun, the one that I carry around here everywhere, and that's the Keltec PMR-30. And I know there's thousands of different guns out there that you could pick over this gun, but it's my favorite. So I'm going to put it on here because I own it and I carry it. Um, this gun is a 22 Magnum, holds 30 rounds of ammunition, and it's extremely lightweight and narrow. It's not the most compact gun, but it's streamlined and it's light. You can throw this gun in the bottom of your tackle box, throw it in your glove compartment, in your boat. You can carry it with you in the field. They have numerous different uh, holsters you can carry for this gun. It's got a big continue rail where you can mount a light or laser on the front of it. It also has a place where you can mount an optic on the top. It's very very good gun. Um, when you first buy them, they can have some loading issues, so you have to send it back to Caltech. We went over all of this in the episode where I talked about in a product review, which was episode four of this podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to it, go a little bit more in depth about the pistol there. But guys, that's my takes on that as far as carrying a sidearm in the field. I kind of kept it quick. Trying to said trying to keep this podcast a little bit shorter than normal. Guys, if you have anything you want to say, if you have a gun that you really like and want me to take a look at, send me an email and let me know. It's bottomdollaroutdoors at gmail.com. Coming up in our outhouse segment, we're going to be talking about carrying on this topic about guns. We're going to be talking about what's going on right now in the gun world as far as all the panic that's going on with the coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. So come back for that, and then we'll get into some more news coming up. Hold tight. Be back in a minute. Okay, carrying on with the conversation of guns and things going on, and I know right now things in the world are a little bit crazy. You know, everybody's kind of stocking up on toilet paper and hand sanitizer and taking all the meat off the shelves at the grocery store and stocking up on everything. And the supply chain's a little bit down, but, you know, you got those group of people who's 
hoarding up on food and toilet paper. And you got another group of people who are probably similar to me. Starting to see a huge rush to buy firearms. And I got this story from NPR. And it says that the title of the article here is that some people stock up on guns and ammunition during coronavirus crisis. I'm just going to read you the article here. Give me just a second. We'll get it pulled up. And it says, gun and ammunition sales often spike during the crisis. That's exactly what's been happening now with the coronavirus. Many gun buyers say that they want to be ready with protection if there's a panic situation. Just a few miles from the Los Angeles airport, a group of people, including families with children playing video games, lined up outside of LAX Ammo in Inglewood, California. Store employee checks IDs and tells potential customers what caliber ammunition is in stock. Answering questions, he tells the crowd he has 45 caliber and 38 special. For 12 gauge, I only have birdshot. No more buckshot and no more slugs, he continues. California is one of the states with the largest number of confirmed COVID-19 cases, and over the past few days, there have been long lines curving around gun and ammo stores. Outside the L.A. shop, no one will agree to give their last name but Colin, in line with his fiance Liz, says they have about a month's supply of food and water at home. Now he wants to make sure they have enough ammunition on hand also. Quote, it's just a really matter of if things go bad in the next couple of weeks to the next couple of months and people are panicking and rioting and looting and the government and the police will not have the ability to protect us, he says. And that's really the main issue. It's not really out of fear. It's just out of being prepared. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, David Stone and his wife run one of the oldest gun shops in the state, Dong's Guns, Ammo and Reloading. Stone says the pandemic is leading to a lot of panic buying. End quote. Some people come in and they just want an AR-15. They don't care what brand it is, he says. They just want the cheapest one. Stone says gun sales are up about 20%, but the ammunition sales have really skyrocketed between 400 and 500%. He goes on to say people are driving from Arkansas 200 and 300 miles away because they say all their box store shelves are completely empty. Online retailer Ammo.com is recording huge increases also. Company says sales jumped 68% shortly after Italy reported a major outbreak of COVID-19 last month. Sales spiked in North Carolina, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and in Texas. In the recent past, gun sales have always soared during natural disasters because of policy fights over gun control. The online retailer says this may be the first time that a virus has such a far-reaching impact on ammunition and gun sales. And that's the end of the article. I know in 2016, before the election of Donald Trump, there was a big increase in gun sales because everybody was expecting Hillary Clinton to win, so everybody was buying up guns and ammo then. And I remember one time before that, you couldn't hardly find twenty two ammunition. I believe that was during the Obama administration because everybody was worried about well, gun bans and things like that coming along for all guns that handgun ammunition in twenty twos, both rifle and handgun ammunition. So everybody was buying that up. It is kind of unprecedented that everybody is preparing because of this instead of you know political action or potential political action. Now people are actually buying this as a prevention of injury or prevention of you know people looting and just to protect themselves. 
instead of it being based on policies that might be coming down the pipe from politicians. But I don't blame people. It's a very smart idea to have it here to protect yourself and your family. Like I said earlier, we were talking about sidearms in the field. It's a good idea to have a couple in your home, too. I keep them here myself, and for that exact reason, it's kind of always been something that I've done. You know, a lot of people here have home protection weapons. It's nothing new for us, but people who are in big cities, this is a whole new thing that they never had to deal with as far as this, unless you were from, say, New Orleans and places like that where you had to go through Katrina or some other type of natural disaster. You see what happens with the looting and things like that. Those people learn. Um, what kind of sucked about that whole deal down there was is after that happened, the state or the city one, I can't remember if it was the state or New Orleans, banned gun sales, which put these people who didn't have a way to protect yourself sitting there with no way to do it. And in Illinois right now, they have actually passed emergency legislation banning gun sales. So the people who want a gun now can't go get one to protect their families. So if you're still in a state where you don't have those kind of uh, things set up right now and you don't have a firearm and you would like to get one right now, be the time to do it before certain areas and certain states start to ban firearm sales. You got to hurry up too because people are going to start hoarding ammunition, things like that. It's going to get harder and harder to find it. So guys, I, I encourage you if you, you know, like I said, a lot of these people that they're interviewing in these interviews, they're first time gun buyers. They've never bought a firearm, so they're not only selling these guns to people, they're also opening up their ranges and teaching people how to use and safely shoot these firearms. So if you're a gun owner, you already have your guns, great, get you some more ammunition. If you don't have one, you've never believed in them, but right now you're scared for your family and you think it'll help, if you can get the training to use one safely, I would highly encourage you to buy a firearm. If you want to, you don't have, then the best thing for it, there was another article, there was a lady in the article who said, she's like, I bought it, it's the first gun I've ever owned. And as long as it sits there on that nightstand and I never have to use it, that'll be the best thing I can hope for. And that's kind of the sentiment of everyone. As long as I have it and don't need it, it's better than to need it and not have it. This whole thing going on right now, it's, it's a scary situation. There's no need to panic and no need to be fearful and causing you know, mass riots or anything like that about, but keep yourself safe because there's some people out there who take advantage of people in these situations. Don't be a victim. And that's the number one advice I can give you. So guys, we're going to move on to some current news that's going on besides this and going into some events, what's left, and I'm going to tell you about a couple cancellations. Hold tight. This week, because of everything going on around the country, we had a the big catfish tournament. I've been telling you about it on Santee Cooper. It was canceled. And another thing that was canceled this week was the Palmetto Sportsman's Classic that was supposed to happen down in Columbia, South Carolina. It has also been canceled. The only two things that I have to really tell you right now that are still going as scheduled for now is the 2020 South Carolina State National Wild Turkey Federation Calling Contest and Sporting Clays event. 
Right now, that event is still scheduled for May 29th. And that goes on May 29th from that starts at 3 p.m. Uh, goes to the end of the day. Next day, May 30th, goes till 6 p.m. That's going to be at the National Wild Turkey Federation headquarters. That's going to be at 770 Augusta Road in Edgefield, South Carolina. I'm hoping to attend this event myself coming up as long as they don't cancel it too. Hopefully it's far enough out that it won't have to be canceled. And the other event that's still going on, we told you about last week, is the first annual Catapalooza the Catfishing Expo. And that's going to be held June 12th, 13th, and 14th of this year at the Leconte Center in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. You can find that at www.catapaloozapftn.com. Again, that's Catapalooza. P-F-T-N, as in Pigeon Force, Tennessee, dot com. But most of the things have been canceled. Um, about anything where you go have a group of people of more than 20 people, it's pretty much been canceled. Uh, this Everybody's kind of putting a lockdown because of the coronavirus, of course. Um, one thing that I am seeing a lot of that you guys need to know about is the Army Corps of Engineers is closing many of their public access points to waterways, especially if those waterways are manned as far as having a booth that you got to stop by to buy a permit. Uh, if they have, I know a lot of the bathroom facilities are being closed and most of your campgrounds are being closed. Now, and more than likely, that's not because of fears of spreading the disease. It's mainly because everyone is cutting down on having employees, so basically any non-essential employees of different organizations, whether it be state or federal, they're sending these people home to be with their families and kind of putting them out of public access. So I know here um, most of our boat ramps that are unmanned, in other words, they don't have you don't have to have somebody there to work at them constantly. Most of those are being left open, so you can still go fishing so forth. Don't understand why they would, like, I think um, Indiana has closed off all their public access points that are owned by the state. Um, it's kind of dumb. I mean, I, I mean, unless you're, you know, taking a party barge out there with 30, 40 people on it, if you're just going to go out there fishing and catch a few fish to eat, you're usually not around other people and have a chance of spreading a virus, I would think. I believe it's mostly because of keeping non-essential employees at home and not having to pay them at this time. Same thing is going on at many state parks and state boat ramps. You know, they're closing the campgrounds, they're closing all the man things, all the events as far as like educational events. They're not renting out shelters for birthday parties or they've canceled all that and they're canceling reservations for campsites, pushing all that back. I know even all the way down to counties and cities are closing public parks, they're closing um, hiking trails, gift shops. Anything where you're enclosed or around groups of people can congregate, they're closing that down. Playgrounds, and which kind of sucks right now with people having their kids at home, can't take them to the parks, so they can run off all that stored up energy. But you know, they're doing it in the, the eye of public interest, I guess. So, guys, uh, hopefully, you can get out and enjoy the outdoors. If you're lucky enough to have land, get out there and get on it, get your exercise. 
use this time at home with your family, take your kids fishing, introduce them to the outdoors, spend some quality time with them, teach them some of the skills that you know, and tell them some stories about you know growing up hunting or fishing and some, plan some trips with them in the future that they want to go and do. I know a lot of kids say they may want to go to a national park. Right now is the time to get online and study that and see what the travel's about. You got plenty of time right now if you're stuck at home with them. Get out there and then enjoy this time with your families. Check on your neighbors. You got elderly neighbors. Give them a call. Say, hey, I need to go to the store. Can I pick you up anything? I'll leave it on your porch for you. This is a time for America to show who we really are. Similar to what we did after 9 11 and after Katrina. We always seem to come together whenever the times are hardest. We may bitch and fight with each other and bicker at each other nonstop. Many times, but when there's something serious going on, Americans know how to get along and pull together. And I guarantee you it's going to happen right now. We're, we're going to see some looting. We're going to see some things like that. Things keep going in the direction they're going, but that's just a very small group of people who are just out to capitalize on everybody else's misfortunes. So, like I said, if you don't have a firearm, you need a way to protect your family, you better go get one. If you have one, make sure you have ammunition. You know how to safely use it. Keep it available. Keep an eye on your kids. Keep an eye on your family. Keep an eye on your property. Guys, stay safe out there. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless the USA. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. Hopefully everything will return back to normal. Got another cool show coming up for you next week. Y'all stay tuned, and we'll see you later.